So we are, uh, every year during our anniversary, if you're new, we, we look at our, our core values and our vision and we, we talk about it for a few weeks and that's what we're gonna do again. So we're starting a series today called Us For Them. So often in our world right now, is it not us versus them? I mean, it's this, everywhere you go, it's us versus them. This group against that group and this group against that group. And it has crept into the church and the church, sadly, is being gravely misrepresented by people who are quote-unquote Christians, and they say, well, we're against them. We're going to stand up against them. We're against them. And I want, if you're new, I want you to know this at Core Church. We are four people. We are four people. Oh, more than five people need to apply. We are four people. We're four people because Jesus was four people. His creation every person created in the image of God. We say it every week, at the core of who we are is loving God and what? Loving people. And we're gonna lead the way in that as a church. And we're gonna show the world a different picture of who Jesus is, the real Jesus, and what it really means to follow him. And this is not something we just pulled out of a bag, by the way. This is foundational to who we are. Our scripture that our church is founded on, that we build off of, is called the great commandment that Jesus gave it. It's in Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 39. Jesus says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and a second is equally important. Say it with me, what? Love your neighbor as yourself. This is where we get our four core values. And we're gonna be looking at these over the next few weeks. I'd like for us to say these together. Hope for the heart is found in Jesus. Healing for the soul is found in Jesus. Peace of mind is found in Jesus. And purpose in the world is found in Jesus. This is why we exist. That's why we are here as, as a church. And in your groups, by the way, as you get into your groups this week, you're gonna be looking at those four values. It's fun to say them, but how do you live them out? And there's eight practices of every follower of Jesus, and you're gonna be looking at those this, uh, these next few weeks in your groups as you dive into that. So in 2021, our word, if you're new to our gathering, we start the year every year with Vision Day, and our word for this year was the word engage. Turn to somebody and tell them, engage. It's time to engage. It's time to not just engage with one another, it's time to engage with our world. And we are not just a Sunday church, but we are the everyday church. So today, I wanna to focus on this word hope, and I wanna focus on this idea that we are for hope. First Kings and chapter five, we're looking at this guy named Naaman. It's a little bit of a lengthy story, but I'm gonna go ahead and try to read it all. Maybe you've never heard this story. It says this, the king of Aram, had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victory. But though Aaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramean raiders, they invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl. She's going to be key to our story today. She'd been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to his mistress, I, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the king what the young girl of Israel said, and 
said, go and visit the prophet is what the king said. I'll send a letter of introduction for you to take along. So Naaman started out. He carried gifts of 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. Sounds like my wife on vacation right there. I'm taking on my gold and my silver, and I have a little more than 10 outfits for the trip, honey. So evidently Naaman's wife went. Um, that's not in there. That is not in there. Oh, uh, somebody right down here in the front went, ha, 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 ha. Guys, this is gonna be good today. So the letter to the king of Israel said this, with this letter I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. But when the king of Israel read the letter, he, he tore his clothes in dismay. He said, wait, am I God that I can give life back to this guy? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I, he's trying to pick a fight with me. But Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay. He sent a message to him, why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me. So Naaman went uh, with his horses, his chariots, and waited at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Naaman didn't want to do this. He argued with his servant, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. And down in verse 13, but his officers tried to reason with him. They said, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him. Go and wash and be cured. So Naaman, this is good. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River. I do not know what you're holding out for, but hold out no longer. I don't know why you're arguing with God. Don't be arguing no more. Don't fight him. Man, press in. Because Naaman received his healing. He went down to the Jordan, dipped seven times, and his skin became as healthy as a skin of a young child, and he was healed. Father, help us now as we look at your word here for this time that we have. Spirit of God, speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can be seated. This summer, uh, Laura and I went on vacation to Breckenridge, Colorado, and the place that we stayed, um, the the room faced the pool. And one afternoon, I was standing there, and I was looking out at the pool, and I saw this guy standing by the pool, and uh, he was perfectly chiseled, okay? I mean, not ripped like big, huge muscles. I mean, he was, he was gorgeous, and I say that with all sincerity and with all confidence in my manhood. And he's standing there without a shirt on, uh, wearing his swim trunks, and he's not really doing anything, but he's got this pose that he's putting on. looks like this. <sighs> okay, that's as long as I can... I couldn't do that. It didn't really look like that, but you get the image, right? I mean, and I looked at him, and I looked out the window, and I was like, put a shirt on! I mean, I yelled it. And I yelled it, for the sake of every dad, put a shirt on! Now, in all transparency, the window was closed, and he, he couldn't hear me, but Laura heard me from the other room, and she's like, what are you yelling at? And I'm like, oh, this guy out here, look at him, Mr. Perfectly Chiseled, Mr. Perfect Body, everything's good for him, and he doesn't have a shirt on. What, what are the rest of us dads are supposed to do with that? And so a few minutes later, I, I went in, I was in, in the kitchen, and I heard Laura say from the other room, where, where is he, where is he? 
And I look up, and Laura is at the window going, I don't see him. Where? Where did you say he was? He's right over here, baby. He's right. <laughs> oh, man. We can look around us, and it appears that everybody has got it all together. Everybody's got the perfectly chiseled life. They got the home, they got, they got that car, they, they've got that, that person on their arm, or they got that one. I mean, they, everything is going, their social media is just on point, looks great. You see them and you're like, they're like, hashtag game night. And then, you know, and they're all sitting around, the kids, they got snacks, and they're smiling and they're throwing the dice. And you're like, yeah, 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 at my house, we'd be throwing the dice at each other. We ain't be smiling. We ain't posting that kind of stuff in my house. So you look around, and it just appears that everybody has got it all together. Be careful what you see and what you assume. Be careful what you see and what you assume. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I know I'd be looking good, but be careful. I know you, I know I'd be looking, come on, turn to somebody, I know I'd be looking good, but, but be careful. So here's, here's Naaman, he's, he's this guy, Naaman's perfectly chiseled, he appears to have his life together. In verse 1, though, it says, but though Naaman was a mighty warrior, say it with me, what? He suffered from leprosy. So he's a warrior, he's a commander of the army, he's got the respect of the, of the king, he had it all together, but he's, he's suffering from leprosy, and leprosy in this time period was a death sentence, but unlike Leprosy, I think hopelessness is not always visible, but it's just as deadly. Experts are telling us right now that depression and anxiety has tripled in the last two years. People say they're struggling eating and they're struggling sleeping, they're struggling with, with uh, alcohol and substance abuse and, 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 and thoughts of, of suicide. People don't have it all together. They're not okay. I believe like, like Naaman, they're, they're suffering. But we are not a people without hope. Like we, we suffer like anyone else suffers, but we do not suffer without hope because we have the hope of Jesus, amen? And I believe that God is calling us as the church to take the hope of Jesus into our world every single day. He's calling us to be messengers of hope. I want you to write that down. I am a messenger of hope. I am a messenger of hope. And in this story, we meet the most unlikely messenger of hope in this seemingly insignificant girl. Let's look back at the story in verse two. It says, at this time, Aramean raiders had invaded the land of Israel and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day, the girl said to his mistress, I wish my master would go see the prophet in Samaria. Man, he, he, he would heal him of his leprosy. I want you to stop and just think about this little girl for just a moment. First of all, think about how busy she is. <laughs> She's got a million things to do. I mean, she's, she's the maid of a, of a pretty important guy. She's got a very, very busy schedule, but yet, 
yet she notices Naaman. There is not a person in this room that would not say you are busy. How many of you are busy? Like your schedule, you got a lot, how many of you got a lot going on? Okay, the rest of you aren't even paying attention because you're already thinking about, I got this going on, I got this going on, I got this going on. Was, what was he asking? Was I, were they handing out free, free cookies? What's going on? Did I miss that? I mean, we're all busy. We all have a lot going on. But do you notice the Naamans? Do you notice your coworker who seems just a little bit off today? I mean, there's, something's not quite right. Do you do you notice that, that person on your campus that they're, they're, they're kind of a little bit on that outside looking in? Do you notice your neighbor who's, who's struggling and maybe hurting? Do you even know your neighbor's name? Laura and I, we moved recently. We've lived in this house now for three months, and I am embarrassed because my next-door neighbor, not two doors down, not across the street, but my next-door neighbor, I had not met for three months. I'm like, he's right there, and I'm not meeting him. I, I remember a couple weeks ago, I, I uh, got home from the office, and I went down, and I grabbed the trash cans, and, uh, and I was pulling them up and, and got them up into place, and about that time, I heard the over here, you know, that sound that those waste reciprocal Receptacle, is it receptacle or reciprocal? Receptacle. You know the sound the trash cans make? You know? <laughs> this guy's not very good with words, is he? Why did you invite me today? So I'm pulling him up and I get him in place and I hear the sound and I look over and it's, it's, my, next, it's my next door neighbor and he's pulling his up. And we did the eye contact thing and, and it's that universal look of, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm tired, I'm busy. Yeah, you're tired, you're busy. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, let's, we'll do this another time. You know that universal look we all do? Yesterday I was, went out and I got my mail and I heard him out clipping branches in his front yard. And I was like, all right. His name's Chris. His wife's name's Jessica. Super nice guy. I have no clue if he goes to church. I have no clue if he's an atheist. I have no clue what his political views are. I have no clue about anything other than his name's Chris. See, what God is looking for is messengers of hope who are willing and available. Are, are you available and are you willing? What's funny is we say this every week in the middle of our sending prayer. Like, look at this. In the middle of our prayer, say this with me, that part that's underlined. I am available and willing. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I am available and I am willing. But let's be real. Come on, it is tough to find the time to be available. I mean, you're just like, oh, I mean, you know, once I get through this, once one thing, once things settle down, once I get through this season, once I once I finish with with this, but it's it's not about finding the time, okay? It's not like you're like, oh, there you are. I've missed you. Where have you been? I have been stressed. I am overwhelmed. Get over here right now. No, it's not like you go find the time. You ain't got to find the time. You've got to take the time. You've got to take back your time. Because write this down. Write this down. Hope can't wait. 
That's why we have to take back the time and take the time because hope can't wait. The writer of Proverbs says that hope delayed makes the heart sick. We can't wait. Luke 17, we see the story of Jesus and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, okay? If anybody's busy, if anybody's got a lot going on, if anybody's schedule's pretty important, I'm thinking, y'all know why he went, was going to Jerusalem, right? Like the, the disciples thought it was something else, but he was going there to die for the sins of mankind. Kind of a big deal. And he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's got people all around him. And these lepers in, in the book of Luke, they cry out to him for healing. And it says that Jesus stopped. And he took the time. And he healed them. Take the time. Somebody say, take the time. Sometimes it's not about availability, but I think it's about vulnerability. It's this feeling of, I... I I don't want to feel awkward, I, and, I, and I don't feel qualified. When we moved into our, our, the house we're in now, this is so crazy, the owner of the house threw in a zero-turn radius mower. Can I get an amen from the men in this place today? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> if you don't know what a zero-turn radius mower is, I'm just telling you, I need your man.